University NCAA hockey team. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Appreciate you having me on. Yep. You. you guys had a fantastic season this year with, with Marion. Uh, caught a Cut, cut a little bit short, but um, you guys have had a lot of success in your program. Can you give me a little bit of background on, on the Marion University program right now? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think uh, I think this year we had a really great yep. uh, stepping stone and we're doing a lot of great things. And over our, my past three years as the assistant coach under uh, head coach Zach Gaynor, we've, uh, we've made strides every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just finished our 25th season um, with uh, Marion University hockey, which is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, we've really only had maybe one or two losing records and we really never missed playoffs. So for us, winning is definitely something that we pride ourselves on. Um, and it's definitely something that we're going to continue to grow and progress and continue that winning tradition that the guys before us have set. Yeah. And, and every year that you guys have been there, you guys have made some amazing strides. Those two years ago, you guys made the NCAA tournament, correct? Yep. Yeah, that was a special team. Can you? And I just want to get a little history because you guys is making that NCAA tournament. That was such a unique experience that I, I really think some people should hear about it. So yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was an unbelievable kind of situation. You know, you've got an assistant coach who steps into a head coaching role uh, in like you know June, July, August time period. Um, calls myself, uh, you know, get a new assistant coach who has never coached at the NCAA level before in <laughs> September. Um, and you know what? We hit the ground running and, you know, kudos to the guys that we had in the locker room. Um, guys, you know, our cap- team captain that year, Curtis Lewington, who, um, who we called the sheriff at that time, really ran the program, you know, was kind of our, our right-hand man. But, you know, those guys, they didn't skip a beat at all. Uh, whatever yeah. we kind of said, we're like, hey, boys, here's how it's going to be. Here's what we're looking for. Um, they were like, okay, coach, no problem. Let's let's roll and let's see what happens. And and you know they took everything with stride. And um, you know we had an all American and and Hunter Stewart. Um, you know and kudos to those guys. Like I said, they just they worked hard and they really earned everything. It was uh, you know I was sitting in bed. It's like eleven o'clock at night. I get a phone call from Zach and he's like, we're in. And I'm like, we're in what? What do you mean? You know the season's over. And he's like, we're in the national tournament. We got, but we're getting voted in. He's like, don't tell anybody. We're going to do a live stream the next, tomorrow with the team. And, you know, uh, you know, the guys, they just, you know, they lost it. They went bonkers when we were sitting in, over at the university and knowing that here and there, you know, Marion University, first time NCAA tournament appearance. And, um, you know, the guy, you know, we, we had already had like a week off. <laughs> we weren't exactly prepared for it. So um, unique situation, but we got the guys back on the ice as quickly as we could. And, um, you know, did everything that we could to prepare ourselves for Augsburg and, um, it was a battle. Um, you know, yep. I think an NCAA tournament berth is is uh, one of those things that comes with experience. You know, every once in a while you find those teams that, um, you know, hit it their first time and, and make this really deep push and deep run. And um, I think that's a rarity. Um, but our guys, they came to play, you know, 2-1 loss uh, to Augsburg. But, you know, that was, that was a blast. First year, for you know, as a head coach for Zach, first year as an assistant coach for me, um, you know, I really couldn't have asked for anything better that year. That was an amazing week. I mean, I remember you guys, your season ended, and then I was like, okay, like you guys were already starting that moving on. Let's look at next season process. Right. And then, you know, some of the boys I, I know uh, were even getting ready for spring break. And then, you know, they're making plans, and and then, like, boom, out of yeah. nowhere. Yep. We got, we got life, boys. Like, let's go. Yep. Even then, I mean, we had guys that were looking to sign pro contracts. And yeah. like, whoa, whoa, like we had to call them like, hey, don't sign. Like, just wait a minute. Let's figure Let's see how this whole thing shakes out. You know, they're like, coach, like I might be getting on a plane tomorrow. We're like, well, hold on, hold on. Like, 
let's kind of slow play this a little bit. You know, we had three or four guys that were about ready to sign pro contracts and kind of had to reel them back in and kind of get them back on. But yeah, you know, like I said, guys are, we had kind of not, not necessarily checked out, but you know, it's a long season, a lot of things going on. Guys need to unwind and decompress and, and then you throw them right back in the fire. And, you know, like I said, kudos to them. They took it in stride. Oh, absolutely. So, um, that was a, I, and I just love sharing that story because it's something that you guys experienced and you guys were first time coaches and it was, it was a, it was a unique situation. And like going into this season, like you guys were there pairwise and, you know, end of yeah. February, like, you, I mean, the team, you guys are thinking like, we got a shot here and that's where right. that's where it was so unique because it was almost like it kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely something that now we're looking forward for forward to for you know for the time coming in the future that you know hey we need to be prepared for these opportunities um you know no matter what happens at the beginning of the season and sometimes it's not always how you start it's how you finish yeah. uh, we got to be prepared at all times yeah and what i want to give you and zach a lot of a, a lot of props here right now is because you guys have set that standard that first year now is the standard of what you guys hold yourself and more important you guys hold your team to yeah. and i just want to say since you guys have come there like You've seen that bar, and you and and yeah. where you want to be is, is fantastic. And you guys are doing a phenomenal job there. So I appreciate um, that. Thank you very much. Yeah. So um, give me a little bit of background on your playing history. Where you where you where you grew up playing? Where you played juniors, and and obviously where you played college. Yeah, I'll I'll go with a little bit of a condensed version. Yeah. Um, not many people know this about myself. I'm actually not originally from Wisconsin, although I mm -hmm. claim Wisconsin as home. Yeah. Uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, started in their youth program, bounced around to a couple different states. Uh, my parents are from Wisconsin, so we're back home technically. Uh, but went through the uh, the Arrowhead youth program, my Bantam year when I moved back to Wisconsin, or moved to Wisconsin, and then went to Arrowhead High School, played four years, uh, was able to captain the team my senior year. Lucky enough to play with Coach Fredrickson from the uh, club team. Uh, he was one of my uh, first friends I made here in Wisconsin, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, good, you know, I'm Good friends with Coach Freddie. Um, then was this was kind of when the whole um, junior program was really kind of getting to the Wisconsin area. Um, high school hockey was really the big thing. Um, you know, AAA. You had you know the Admirals and the Capitals and things like that. But um, I wanted to play high school, and then you know this whole junior program were starting to get big. So um, ended up playing uh, in Cleveland uh, for the Cleveland Junior Lumberjacks in the CSHL, which is now the. NBA. The jungle. Yeah, the jungle. The good old jungle. Um, so played there for two years. Um, actually committed to Marion uh, after my first year. Um, okay. You know, I went on and did a bunch of um, university tours. I did a whole East Coast tour, UMass Boston, Suffolk University, Becker College, um, a, a, handful of mo a handful more. And actually the school I was set on was Suffolk University. Uh, that was actually where I really wanted to go. Um, unfortunately, they... They handed a tuition bill to me that was a, had a couple too many zeros in there that <laughs> we weren't prepared for. So uh, um, I said, no, I, I think I'm going to have to step back. Uh, visited your alma mater, Lawrence University, with Coach Skidzinski. Uh, yep. Got to know him very well. Um, that was a real close number, too. But then once I stepped on, on campus at Marion, um, I knew that was the place I really wanted to be, mm -hmm. uh, Coach Wise and, and Coach Gaynor at the time. Um, I knew that was the place I wanted to be. But they said, hey, you have one more year of junior left. Go back. Um, you know, fill, fill, finish out your your 20 year, work on a couple of things that, you know, that we think are going to prepare you better for the college uh, life um, and then come see us after that. So um, then yep. we're able to join Marion 2010 to 2014 um, and, you know, uh, kind of finished my career there. Didn't didn't move on any uh, any further than that. Okay. 
What about your coaching history? Because um, you played at Marion, now you're back at Marion. Where were you in between there? Yeah, so after I graduated, um, I moved on to sales into the business world, was doing you know doing sales and things like that. Uh, but during my time, I, I originally started off with actually going back to Arrowhead and uh, was an assistant coach for their JV team. Um, that JV team practiced at 5.45 in the morning, so I was up early and able to get that hour, hour and a half of practice in, and then off to work I went and uh, you know played uh, or uh, coached them on the weekends when I could. So uh, that was really my first kind of foot in the door. Um, I had also helped out with a lot of other youth programs, uh, the Milwaukee Phoenix, um, their U13 program I did for a summer with my brother. Um, and then now I'm actually helping, helping out with uh, Greg Copeland, again, another Marion University alumni. Uh, he has Apex um, summer camps uh, down here in Brookfield. Um, so those are kind of the things that I had really done prior to that and really grasped and really liked being able to help kind of younger kids and even kind of that high school junior program guys to to move on to the next level so that was kind of my coaching history at that time and then uh right now you're an assistant coach under zach gainer yep. um can you give us a little bit uh of your roles and responsibilities as an ncaa assistant coach yeah i don't know how much time you have but uh, we can go all day <laughs> uh no i think for myself in in what i will say and again i'll kind of take a step back and really give zach a lot of credit here is you know zach was a an assistant coach for a very long time, um, eight, nine years himself. So um, when he stepped into the head coaching role, one of the first things and one of the real big things that attracted me to working with Zach was that, you know, he really wanted me to be prepared to be a head coach when that time comes. So although I have an assistant coach's, you know, role and job title, I've been very fortunate enough to kind of be able to treat this, be treated as a head coach with Zach. But on the same time, there are a lot of roles and responsibilities that come with it. Um, I, I recruit all of the North American junior programs. Uh, Zach handles all of Canada, so the BCHL, AJ, SJ, and everything in between. I've got mainly the North American League um, uh, junior program. That's kind of the biggest, I would say our biggest role as an assistant coach is going out to recruit. Uh, to get guys to come to Marion. Uh, from there, it's take, it really just, in my eyes, is taking care of the boys. Uh, yep. You know, sharpening skates, uh, getting the locker room all taken care of, game day prep, um, you know, calling, handling the food orders for when we're on the road, uh, double checking to make sure our bus is figured out, we're, you know, on time, things like that. Helping Zach with kind of the odds and ends, you know, budgeting things if you ask for that. Um, and then he was uh, fortunate enough, and or I was fortunate enough that he, allowed me to handle all of our equipment ordering. Uh, that way, I, you know, when guys like, hey, I need shoulder pads, shin pads, I need sticks, you know, I handle all that kind of stuff. Um, cutting the ice every once in a while if I need to, making sure, you know, we've got pylons and we've got all the things that we need for practice. Uh, but again, like I said, you know, Zach really gives me that ability that we get to sit down together as a unit, as um, two coaches to prepare a practice plan as well. Um, you know, to say, hey, let's focus on, all right, what did we struggle on the weekend? What are we looking for on the weekend coming up? Let's, you know, tailor our, our practice plans. So he allows me to do drills, you know, uh, plan a practice and then execute those that, that practice plan come practice time. Oftentimes I've told uh, people that assistant, they don't really understand the true responsibilities of assistant coaches. And, and sometimes I, I say to people, it's like, if you want to know who would be a really good assistant coach, Look at how they were as a player. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of player are they? Were they a team player in that? Because you'll right. find that people who can transition as great team players can transition to great coaches. But 
especially great assistant coaches because they can do everything. They're right. great utility players. Yeah. And, and, and the biggest thing is like, you are that voice between the players and the coach, the head coach, right? Absolutely. You're that guy that you're, you're the glue guy, you know, like it's, you're the thing. And that's what I tell a lot of people. Assistant coaches are the, is the glue to what holds the team together. You're yeah. the go between. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was say you're the go between. You're the you're the person who brings it all together. Absolutely, I, I was gonna say you know being the assistant coach is um, it has its you know dreary days where you know it's not all you know uh, grayed out, it's not all rainbows and unicorns. But at the same time, I get to be the guy that you know you know if, if Zach or the head coach is kind of bringing bad news, you know it's like good that good pat good cop bad cop kind of thing. You know if if the coach is you know it's like hey you know kind of getting everybody rallied up and. You know, trying to get them all fired up, and guys are starting to, you know, sink their shoulders and they're upset. You know, I kind of get to, you know, hey, there's a reason why. Hey, I need more audio. You know, kind of get to play that the nice guy role. You know, hey, what do you need? Hey, what can I do for you? One on one sessions. You know, in in the morning if they need a skills day. Um, you know, before practice on their own. You know, stuff like that. But really, kind of get to be in, in what I would call the nice guy. But you know, yep. still obviously be there to support. You know, the head coach and the decisions and. And the reason why, you know, kind of explaining it in a different uh, light, if that makes sense. I've seen you drop the hammer a few times too, so don't get <laughs> you know. <laughs> I try not to go down that road, but yeah, I'm not afraid to drop the hammer every once in a while. <laughs> so, I want to talk to you about the, the the game of hockey right now and where it's evolved. Um, can you give me some where you think the game has evolved from when you were a player to where it is right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely come a long way. It's definitely changed. It's definitely something that I think, you know, we're going to touch on a lot throughout this uh, conversation. But the biggest thing that I'm really seeing right now is the skills aspect. Um, yep. the, the ability to kind of hone in on each player's skill, understanding that each player is different. Um, you know, mm -hmm. when, when I was younger and playing high school and even junior, it was a lot more kind of that team aspect. Let's work on the systems, which, again, are all still things that need to be worked on. But you look at like the NHL and you look at the East Coast and the AHL. Um, I mean, we all have Instagram, Twitter, we all have Facebook, things like that. All you have to do is pull that, you know, pull that up and you're going to see some sort of skills coach working with, um, you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl or guys like that on their, on their skills that are going to help them succeed in the team game. You know, I think really the skills aspect is where, where the game has changed, um, you know, it's, it's a lot faster. It's the ability to do things very quickly and change on a dime. Um, you know, so I, I, the biggest, like I said, the biggest thing that I'm seeing is, is the, the development of the skills. Yeah. And you can probably elaborate on this, but the skills don't stop at the college level. No. I mean, the skills practices and things like that. And sometimes people think, well, you know, we just work more on systems, but can you elaborate? I mean, Elaborate more on this. I mean, at the Marion level, how much time do you guys spend working on skills? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll again, I'll kind of take a step back. You know, we even look at it, you know, like yourself and, you know, at the college level with skills. And, and you kind of see a lot of kids, they shrug their shoulders. It's like, well, I did this when I was a mite and a peewee. It's like, yeah, but again, you can pull up YouTube and watch Sidney Crosby do C cuts up and down the ice working on his inside and outside edge. And he does it for 30 to 40 minutes before he even touches a puck. And it's like, you know, if guys like that are doing that, there's a reason why. Um, so again, you know, those kinds of things are, you know, are, are big for us. So what we focus on is we take a full day of skills, um, usually a Tuesday, Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on how everybody's class schedule works out. 
Um, and we break it into two sections uh, where we have the forwards, um, all, all the forwards on one 45-minute session, then the defense on another 45-minute session. And again, it's working on those quick releases. It's working on those the ability to mohawk and still move and not lose any speed. It's the ability to protect a puck. Uh, for a defenseman, it's that ability to catch a puck quickly off of the, off that blue line and then release very quickly. Um, not taking these big wind-ups where you know now you're allowing somebody to step into the shooting lane. Or the ability to be elusive and drop your shoulder to get somebody to go down and then step around them. So we take a full day um, uh, throughout the week to, to do that. And again, we kind of incorporate those things throughout practice time uh, the rest of the week as well. How much time do you find yourself as an assistant coach and uh, pulling a guy aside and explaining to him and or trying to work with him on his skills? Um, probably not as much as I should. I mean, just, it's just there's so much going on. We, you know, you're only allotted a, a limited amount of time, so you want to make sure you get in as much as you can. Um, but I would say as much as I possibly can. I know that's not a, fig, a you know a yeah. time figure, but if I see something that it's like, hey, you know, even running over there real quick, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a two second conversation. Hey, when you're coming down, you know, look to drop that shoulder, keep your feet moving, head up, and shoot. You know, you know, okay, coach, yep, I understand, no problem. And then you know, you kind of reiterate it, be like, hey, what do we, what do we just talk about? You know, you kind of reiterate it throughout the practice. But again, it's it's never enough. Um, there's only so much time, and and you know, you want to continue to uh, keep the flow of the practice going. Yeah, and that's something too I wanted to talk talk about a little bit was is it was the talent development that still happens at the college level. And a lot of people think that maybe like as the kids get older that they don't want to develop as much. But I've seen players come into Marion as freshmen mm -hmm. and where they leave as seniors, their game is like vastly changed. They've they increased their skills so much where they might have been a utility player when they walked in. But man, when they're leaving, they're a playmaker. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, skills don't stop at any point in your career. And I hope people understand that too is and the way the game's evolving. Skills always are going to be a part of the hockey right now. Like, there's no point, even in the NHL, like you brought up in the NHL, there's no point in which the that that skill development is not going to be part of our game and our practices. So. Absolutely, and I would even and I would even kind of elaborate that a little bit further. Is it's almost twofold. Something that we're yep. we're continuing to grow as coaches and as a as a team is yep. you have your on ice growth. And then you have your off ice growth and that doesn't mean doing anything off ice, but it, it means sitting down and looking at video of what you're doing during those games mm -hmm. and during those times to say, okay, in that situation, was that the right, was that the right play or was that the right move or was that the right thought process? Maybe because the game changes and we, you know, it's hard to go back and think, but then you want to elaborate on that in a, in a video session. So that way you can kind of see yourself do the things that coaches talk about. Um, and then expand on it moving into your, your future practices. Yeah. Awesome. Um, one of the things, too, you brought up earlier is a lot of the success that Marion's had. And you had a lot of success as a player as well. Um, can you give me an example of one team that you were on at Marion that was successful? And then why was it successful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, we, the one the one team that, you know, maybe not that I was playing on, but I, again, I'll go back to the 17-18, you know, team that made it to the national tournament. And I'll, I'll touch back on teams that I played on. Uh, but, you know, that 17-18 team um, really just came together and was a unit. Everything they did was not as a, for an individual success. They knew they had the team uh, to make a run. Uh, they also kind of felt they had a chip on their shoulder that they weren't getting as much national recognition earlier in the process when they were winning big games, when they were taking down the Stevens points of the nation. Um, you know, so for them, they were a little bit – 
on edge and like I said, a, you know, a little bit with a chip on their shoulder, but everything they did was team first and they did it together as a unit. Um, like I said, we had Curtis Lewington, who was the sheriff. So, you know, us as coaches, as first time coaches coming in, you know, whatever we, our thought process and our vision, we were able to kind of uh, talk to our, our leadership group um, and they really kind of just ran the roost and went from there. So um, I think that was kind of one of the bigger things. Um, I think back to when I played, when I was playing with guys like Dakota Dubetz, um, who was an All-American here, um, you know, really kind of, again, just that hierarchy of understanding your role. Um, I think that's a, a pretty tough thing for a lot of players to kind of recognize and understand because, you know, you go, you know, I, I'll touch on myself a little bit. You know, I was the leading point scorer in the CSHL my 20-year-old year. I come in and I'm playing, you know, with Tommy Fitzpatrick, who's a 6'3", 205 pound, you know, machine who is power play, penalty kill, getting, earning and, you know, receiving everything. Now I have to kind of understand, okay, freshman playing, got to figure out a new role. Um, but again, that came from a top down, you know, hierarchy status of the seniors, even guys that were seniors that weren't getting a lot of playing time, understanding that, you know, all right, what's my role? And then respecting it, understanding it, and knowing it's for the best part of the team. Yeah. So, I, you know, I kind of think about those those early years, maybe 2010, 2011, you know, stuff like that. And when you're recruiting players, um, how do you go about trying to find those players? Because we all know that if you're a 50-goal scorer, like you said, in, in the CSHL, that you're not going to be a 50-goal scorer when you walk into Marion as a freshman. Yeah. How would you as a coach try to identify those players at, at, at the junior levels, at the high school level? Absolutely. Absolutely. So myself and Zach attend all of the showcases. Um, Zach will attend the AJSJA and BC showcase. I'll attend the North American League showcase. Um, and, you know, I've been playing hockey long enough. I've been watching hockey long enough. You can usually spot talent pretty quickly. It's pretty easy to see raw talent. But then to find the intangibles after that, um, what Zach uh, really instilled in myself and something that he's learned over his uh, tenure is to sit on the opposite side of the benches and watch those players interact once they leave the ice. Okay, so they just had their shift. Maybe it was a good shift. Maybe it was a bad shift. Maybe it was just one of those okay shifts. But then look at how they kind of um, interact with their teammates once they hit the bench. Are they pouting? Are they upset? Are they supportive? Um, when the period ends, are they the first guy that's going to go over and get their goalie and get them and take them off the ice? Uh, are they turning and making eye contact with their coach if their coach taps them on the shoulder and he's got the board out? If they're having a conversation and a kid has his head down, you know, it, to me that kind of shows, all right, he's not really receptive to being coachable in a sense. You know, maybe he kind of has a, you know, I know a little bit more uh, mentality, not always true, yeah. but, you know, you kind of look at the intangible things and the body language and how guys operate when, they, when they're not playing the game in a sense. So let me get this straight. You, when you guys are watching games, you guys actually will uh, – so you sit on the opposite side and then – you, do you find yourselves watching the benches more than the game then? Sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, it, it all depends on the game. Sometimes it's one of those interesting games where you go watch the ice. But, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would definitely call it a, you know, sometimes a 50-50 split, sometimes a 60-40 where, yeah, you're going to watch the bench. Um, you're going to really get to see how a guy, what his true personality is sometimes when they're on the bench. Um, you know, you can – 
the, none of these rinks that we're going to are big enough where you can't hear them. I mean, even if you go to uh, Panther Arena down where the uh, Admirals play, you can still hear guys talk. You know, yeah. you know when somebody's getting yelled at, and you can see, you know, all right, how is their body language? Are they yes, coach? Are they is their chest out? Are they eye contact? Are they you know agreeing, or are they you know shoulders down, head down, shaking their head, upset? You know, you can kind of see those visual things. Um, and you know, as, as coaches, you want the guy that's going to look you in the eye and understand, Hey, he's not mad at me. He's not trying to belittle or hurt me as a, you know, the coaches, he's trying to help me and make me better in the long run. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that. Cause that's something that I've always told our kids and, and it's something that I'm glad you brought up because it, like some kids, they get down on themselves when coaches yelling at them or talking to them. And, and, and I've told this to so many kids, like, don't be mad or, or don't get down on yourself that I'm talking to you. You should start being worried when I stop telling you these things. That's, like, how, I, that's how I always grew up is when a coach yeah. stops talking to you, you probably should start to worry a little bit. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, too. So, um, And then we, we got into, like, so now you've talked to me a little bit about your recruiting, what players you're looking for, how you look for them. Yep. During this time period right now, which is really unique with our safe at home order or safer at home policy, mm -hmm. uh, how are you going about recruiting right now, players? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So fortunately enough, this didn't happen earlier in the season. So we were yep. able to play. Uh, we were able to get all of our travel that we have scheduled for the year. Um, the, the Canadian showcases usually happen uh, late September, October time. The North American is September. Uh, we do travel over that Christmas, that kind of week before Christmas is when we'll, uh, we'll travel again. Um, so fortunately for us that now that this has happened after the season, a lot of what we're doing is watching hockey TV. We're going back to watch previous games, just kind of, all right, I saw him at the showcase or I watched, you know, one or two games throughout the season. Let me go back and catch an earlier game to make sure what I saw. And, and I don't want to call it a fluke, but I want to see consistencies, um, you know, and that's actually one of the uh, one of the things I've uh, really been fortunate enough to learn from the D1 coaches is it's consistency. They may watch five games and they, they see the kid perform all five games. The D3 guys are maybe one, then they're, you know, have a struggle that second game, then they're back up their third, then they're maybe down the fourth or fifth, you know, the, the consistency. Yeah. But for us, now that, you know, again, now that the Safer at Home um, has been implemented, we're making a lot of phone calls, um, a lot of conversations with those players, uh, their parents as well. Uh, one of the things that we pride ourselves on is that we don't turn down parents. If parents ever have any questions or comments or concerns, we definitely want to hear them. We want to make sure that um, if they're truly considering Marion as a home for their son, uh, that they have all their questions answered, that there's no, um, you know, it, no lingering questions or no lingering concerns, we really want to address those right away. So um, reviewing tape, you know, hockey TV, and then, and then phone calls is really our big thing right now. And then in talking with some of the other coaches at Marion, um, how open are you guys to accepting players reaching out to you to be recruited? Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely something that we're not that we never turn away. Um, if I get an email, it's something I'm definitely going to dive into um, and kind of look at the makeup of the player. What's he sending me? What's the content? Uh, how do his stats look? Things like that. Maybe even you know, if it's somebody that kind of catches my eye, that I feel like all right, I, I like the numbers look good, the the size and the makeup of where he was playing kind of checks out for what we look for here at Marion. Then I'll go and watch video. Um, kind of get an idea of what he does, you know, how he is as a player, what are the kind of the things that he can bring. Um, and then if it's truly something of, of you know, uh, interest that we feel is, is definitely worth it, then we'll, then we'll reach out and send an email. And um, But again, I, I will also 
talk about the opposite side of that is that when when those uh, emails do come, if they're not of, I don't want to call them quality or, or uh, things like that, if it's just something that, you know, hey, this might not be the fit here at Marion, you know, we will respond and say, hey, I appreciate you reaching out. Um, you know, we get a lot of uh, emails from, you know, 18 year old, you know, a, high, a senior in high school. And, you know, if you look at our the makeup of our roster, um, you know, we've got all 20 to 21 year old age out of junior guys. So, um, you know, I, I try to be as respectful as possible, but just to remind her, you know, hey, just to let you know, here's what we look for here at Marion. We look for guys that the junior A tier uh, tier two, tier three, you know, high end tier three, you know, playing in the BCHL, AJ, uh, SJ, NA. You know, that's kind of the makeup of our team. That's what we're looking for. You know, hey, if you decide to go play juniors, please keep us in the loop. Uh, Again, we really want to kind of have that uh, that open dialogue with those guys. And that's something that we've been telling parents a a lot of is that that sometimes like a parent can be their kid's best advocate. Right. Mm -hmm. But it comes with also understanding the game and being informed. And, you know, just an email like Tony Granado on, on, on the Badgers, if you're playing, you know, just a senior in high school, like look at their team, look at how the makeup of their team is, look where their players are coming from. Right. Um, you know, but be informed, but you can, as a parent, you can be an awesome advocate for your kids. You can, but just be informed as you're being that advocate. Cause then it helps out you as a coach and, um, allows people to die, like you said, dive into the kid as well. So right. Well, you want to do a little, you want to do research. You know, if, if you look at it from a standpoint yeah. where it's like, hey, I, I'm a goalie, but I, I didn't look at your roster, and you have a sophomore, a junior, and a senior all returning next year. I mean, all due respect, not really looking for a goalie at that at this point yeah. in time. So you got to you know take the extra time to do a little bit more research to make sure that. Um, you know, what you're putting your time and effort into is something that you're going to get time and effort back from somebody else. Yeah. Um, do you have advice for parents, right? Uh, do you have advice for parents that are looking to get their kids into the NCAA level? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The one big thing, or at least kind of the first thing that comes to my mind is if they're going from, let's, we'll say high school to a junior program or from a junior program to a a college program is they're now kind of stepping into being more of an adult. So allow them to take those steps on their own. Um, Sometimes you see it where the parents are making all the phone calls, the parents are doing all the communicating um, and you're not really getting much from the player from, you know, from that athlete at the time, allow them to make that initial contact, you know, encourage them to say, Hey, did you call? Cause I'm not, I can't call for you because the reason, you know, that being said is let's say you do make the team or let's say you do go to, to Marion, you know, for the next four years, the coaches aren't going to call mom and dad. Yeah. Say, hey, I, I'm really having uh, some problems or, Hey, I really want to talk to you about Ryan today. No, I'm going to call Ryan and I'm going to say, Hey, let's have an adult conversation and let's, yep. you know, so push and, and encourage your, you know, the kids to, to make that commitment to, make that phone call, send that email. Don't, don't do it for them because eventually they're going to have to learn to do those things on their own. Um, you well, know, go ahead. Okay. So like, for example, I'm, I'm a perspective, you know, player. I'm walking onto my first campus visit with you guys. Yep. What, what are you looking for from that kid? Right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. The first thing we're going to look for is, all right, is he, are, are we getting eye contact? Yep. Is he going to come up? Is he going to shake our hand? Um, or, you know, or vice versa, head down, hands in the pocket, you know, you know, humming and hawing away, or are they asking questions? Are, did they do any research, any more research uh, from what we send them? Are they engaged? Or 
is, you know, is Ryan two steps behind and I've got, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Blix, you know, and I'm having to do all the conversating with them and I'm not getting much from the, from the athlete. I, you know, we really want it. The athlete's the one that's going to be there for the next four years, you know? So I want to make sure I get to know that athlete at that time. So I want to, you know, I want engagement, eye contact, a good handshake, um, you know, asking questions, even if it's, you know, a, a dumb question or, or it just is like, that's an obvious question. Like, go ahead and ask, you know, it shows you're engaged. It shows that you did research, you know, it, you know, it just shows that you care rather than, well, mom and dad just drug, drug me along. So, you know, I guess I'm just here to be here. You know, we want guys that truly want to be at, at Marion University. So, uh, I ask this to a lot of my uh, coaches going forward, but um, you're 12 or 13 years old. Uh, you can go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice. What piece of advice are you giving yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've heard this one a couple of times. I, I really like some of the responses you've got from uh, from other coaches. Um, you know, I've got I've got some notes in front of me just to kind of remind myself. But the biggest thing that I'm going to talk and it's something that we talked about. If, you know, if I were 12, if I were to be able to tell the 12 and 13 year old me, is to work on mm -hmm. the skills. Yep. Work on those little things that are going to make me a, a good player. You know, you can go and skate Herbies and lines all day long and be the greatest in shape player, but it's all the extra little things that are going to go above and beyond uh, to make you a, real, a great player. You know, mm -hmm. I wish I would have shot more pucks, you know, something as simple as that. I, you know, I, uh, Carl Ballamont, the uh, head coach at Arrowhead, who was, was my head coach during my time, you know, Hey, how many pucks did you shoot this year? Oh, you know, maybe a hundred, you know, 200. He's like, that's, that's not enough. You know, that's not enough. Um, you know, and again, you, you look at the NHLers, you know, Sidney Crosby shut the, the door off of his, uh, his, uh, his parents' wash machine, you know, shoot pucks, you know, all, again, all those little things that, you know, I, I worked out, I was always in shape. I was never out of shape, but again, yeah. the little skills, Doing those yep. extra things that are going to go that much further, um, you know, to make me a better hockey player. And then um, we're going to segue into something real quick. Every Saturday morning we have a talk where a few of us youth coaches get together. We call it Saturday morning with the boys. Um, <laughs> and this week's topic we're going to be talking about is getting cut. Okay. Um, and uh, can you give us an experience of a time that maybe in your youth career where you got cut and how it impacted you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I saw this question come across at first and uh, nothing really jumped out at me, but the more I thought about it, actually it was my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. um, Arrowhead at the time didn't traditionally take a lot of freshmen on the varsity team. Um, it just wasn't something that they were real big fans of. Um, fortunately, my freshman year, I was able to make varsity. I uh, played about half the season and we were playing, uh, if I remember correctly, Kel Moraine or Waukesha, one of those teams. And um, I got walked, got scored on, and uh, came back to the bench, head down, shoulders down, upset more with myself than anything else. And, um, you know, to at the time I was mad because the, come Monday, mo you know, Monday morning, I had a conversation with the coach and they said, hey, we're going to send you down to the JV team. You know, and I, I was mad. I was like, hey, you know, I got scored on once. You know, I, I know I'm not perfect. I'm a freshman. Come on, guys. And, but you know, now that I've had, oh, you know, a long time to think about that and to kind of reflect on it, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me mm -hmm. um, because it really gave me an appreciation that the little things do matter. Yeah. You know, one shift does matter. Although we might have won the game or lost, we didn't lose it on that one thing, but it does matter. Um, but again, it, it really also gave me that drive to get better. You know, yeah. I can always be getting better. Um, 
I will plug a little bit here, but uh, I did get replaced by a future San Jose Shark, so I don't feel that bad about it. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, the guy that replaced me was also a freshman, ended up going out and playing in the NHL, so still playing, but I don't feel that bad now. But again, you know, just kind of going out and just, you know, understanding that, hey, it's not always going to be perfect. And the other thing I wanted to touch on is, you know, I could have had a great season and moved on, but guess what? There are also other kids that work just as hard, that score just as many goals, are doing just as much as I am, and then they're doing more that I don't recognize or I don't see. So I got to be able to understand that, you know, hey, not always going to be the best, but you got to work and you got to continue to push. Yeah, that's so true because that's one of the things I find when it comes to tryouts and getting cut, that it, it's, a, it's a thing with – it allows you a lot of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And then it also allows you to, to know how bad you want something, right? right. And, if, and if, if you truly want it, then you're going to have to be able to work for it too. So, yeah. But um, I, I'd say I really appreciate you coming on. And this has been a fantastic interview. I, I really love talking to you like that. And yeah. like I said, you and Zach are doing such an amazing job at Marion. And uh, I can't say enough great things about what you guys and what you're doing there and um, the success you've had. And, and I, knowing what I know about your guys' team and the makeup of it right now, knowing the success you guys are going to have, uh, like as a person who watches your games and, and follows you guys, like I'm excited for that. Like I'm excited yeah. to see what the future holds for you guys because you guys got a very bright future. Um, you know, we're really proud of you at the rink and things that you guys have done and appreciate what you guys do. So I just want to say thank you for coming on. And um, do you have any last things to add? No, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and inviting me to do this. Uh, appreciate the kind words. I know uh, Zach, and about, Zach and I have had a lot of conversation uh, over this quarantine period. And, you know what, we can't wait to get back to the rink as well and, and get back with the boys. Um, we've been having conversations, phone calls, text messages, things like that to check in on them. Uh, make, sure they're, make sure they're doing their online classes. You know, hey, boys, remember, you got to stay eligible. Um, so, but it, it just, you know, we, we miss it. You know, we miss our guys. Um you know, yeah, we're two. You know, we're the coaches uh, at the end of the day, but we're not on the ice playing. Uh, mm. It's the guys that come to the rink, put on the equipment, and go out and work. Um, that's what we really, you know, enjoy. That's what we look forward to being yep. able to help those guys. But um, no, I really appreciate you taking the time, inviting me. This was awesome. It was uh, a great time. Awesome. Well, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you can um, check us back to us on Mondays, we have Coach Rich Smith that will be joining us. Uh, and also tomorrow, if you want, 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings, we'll be doing a uh, Saturday morning with the boys. We're going to be talking tryouts and getting cut and how fun that is and stuff like that. So tune in for that um, and stay safe, stay home. Hope you guys are doing good out there. Thanks, Ryan. Yep.